I want people to see what is happening in front of them. In front of them, it is happening. LGBTQ plus Jews have taken on a leadership role. You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2023. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching. We're talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. How are you doing? Hope you're having a wonderful day. This is Karen, your podcast host, host of the Your Jewish Life, Your Way podcast. Today, having such an important conversation, I feel this topic is not discussed enough. It is about being LGBTQ plus and Jewish and negotiating those intersecting identities. So for this important conversation, I have a very special guest, friend of the podcast. He's been on several episodes with me, Ben M. Freeman. In this episode, Ben talks about his gay identity that spurred him to start the Jewish Pride Revolution, which is really interesting in itself. We also talk about how we can make our communities more welcoming and safe for LGBTQ plus Jews and why it's so important that all of us, especially those of us who don't identify as LGBTQ plus, start initiating conversations about inclusivity. So this is a really important episode that I encourage you to sit down and spend some time with and I think you'll learn a lot and open your mind and also I want you to join the conversation. If you've got something to say, if you've learned from today's episode, if you want to join in with what we're talking about, DM me at your Jewish life so we can continue the conversation together. You know, there's so much to take from this episode. And if you yourself are LGBTQ plus and Jewish, we have a community for you inside our Smashing Life community. We've got lots and lots of sub communities, smaller groups where people connect over common interests, location, all kinds of things. And one of those subgroups is a very warm, inclusive, gorgeous, friendly LGBTQ plus group. So you can connect and meet other LGBTQ plus women who know what it feels like and make some great friends. So come join us at smashinglife.club. And if you're listening to this, and your sis, CIS, that's who Smashing Life is for as well. So either way, come and join us at smashinglife.club. Welcome, Ben. It's always a treat to have you on and delighted to have you here today. (laughs) Thank you for having me again. (laughs) Again. So I brought you back on today to open up for the first time um, in the Your Jewish Life Your Way podcast, a really, really important topic. Um, I talk a lot about inclusivity and Jewish inclusivity. A lot of people talk a lot about Jewish inclusivity, but often, and it's an example that, you know, it's got to the second year of the podcast and we haven't gone there yet. We don't talk enough about being gay and Jewish. We don't talk enough about including LGBTQ plus Jews, how we can be more inclusive and also just understanding a little bit about what it's like to be gay and Jewish. And I thought you'd be the perfect person for that. So where is a good place to start? <laughs> well, I think the first place is to just simply recognize that LGBTQ plus Jews exist and we are existing 
whole. You know, it's not that we're half LGBTQ plus and half Jewish, or it's not that part of us is one and part of us is the other. We exist as whole human beings. Um, and because we exist in these different spaces, we have a variety of different experiences, right? We are, it's an intersectional identity or intersectional identities, you could say. And we experience LGBTQ plus phobia. We are, we have a very close relationship with, you know, hate crimes committed against other LGBTQ plus people like the shooting in Colorado or the one in Orlando about six years ago. But we also experience the joy of being LGBTQ plus and the culture associated with that. And then similarly, it's the same with, with the Jewish experience. We, we experience the joy and the beauty. And then also we feel the pain of Jew hatred. And kind of as you said at the, the top of this conversation, my perspective is that, and this is a very odd situation, some of the main leaders, particularly in an online space, who are fighting Jew hatred, who are inspiring other Jews. I almost fell off my seat there. Uh, not in shock, I literally almost fell off my seat. I have a wheel missing. Um, are LGBTQ plus Jews. You know, some of the main, loudest, most prominent voices in this space are LGBTQ plus Jews. But I find that that conversation is, is rarely addressed. There have been, I've done a couple of events. I've done one event where it was addressed and it was a celebration of LGBTQ plus Jews. So it's not that it never happens, but I don't think it happens enough. And I don't think that we understand as a community that we have a responsibility to be making our spaces inclusive for all types of Jews, including LGBTQ plus Jews quite specifically. And I think it's because, you know, we recorded an episode earlier on in the year, a wonderful episode on Jewish grief and mourning. And we, wonderful in that it it was everything I wanted it to be as a resource and as a conversation. Do listen to it if you haven't already. And one of the things we talked about is sometimes people don't know what, what to say, so they don't say anything. I wonder if it's the same kind of thing going on here. Yeah, I mean, it potentially could be. I, and some people, we are a minority within a minority. So it could be that there are people who don't know any out to LGBTQ plus Jews. So potentially, I also think that we're following trends from the wider community, especially in the progressive world, right? Because there, there are certain Jewish communities that are not having any conversations about inclusivity. Okay, yes. so this is obviously specifically a conversation for kind of a more progressive yes. Jewish community. Although I will say, to give him major credit, the chief rabbi of the UK and the Commonwealth, Rabbi Mervis, did kind of stage an incredible intervention, wrote to Jewish schools and says, you have to represent LGBTQ plus people. And that was really an amazing He's thing. quite something, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, we cannot divide this into orthodox and non-orthodox, but certainly the spaces that are really focused on inclusivity, I would say are more generally progressive Jewish spaces. And I just think that they're following trends from the wider world, that conversations on inclusivity and diversity in the wider world tend to mean kind of specific things, as opposed to looking at the word in, its, in the wholeness of its definition. So what do you want to see more of? Because I, um, we've opened it up in quite a sort of umbrella sort of, yeah. you know, what's going on. Let's get to nuts and bolts. So I would like to see, first of all, a conversation taking place. And that conversation can be in real life. So it can be amongst friends, of course. It can also be more structured in community organizations. It can be in Jewish media, social media, but a conversation really focusing on the experience of LGBTQ plus Jews and, and also the 
Jewish communities taking I always talk about introspection, right? I talk about with my second book, Jews must engage in introspection um, when dealing with internalized anti-Jewishness. We must deal with, we must engage in introspection all the time, right? And this is something we must have introspection regarding. So how are our spaces? Asking a conversation. You know, the board of deputies of the uh, in the British Jewish community did a report on race. And I understand... I've had conversations with the board, so I understand why the structure happened the way it was. But I felt, and I was surprised, there has not been one on LGBTQ plus Jews. Because I think this is such an important conversation. And it's not to say that it's more important than, than other conversations. But what I will say, LGBTQ plus people, whether they're Jewish or not, are four times more likely to attempt suicide. So this is not just a conversation on where we feel comfortable as Jews. That's, that is an important converse part of the conversation. But there is also another aspect of this, right? It's about, are we exposing, are we abandoning LGBTQ plus Jews and not yeah. supporting them during a time of need? You know, a few years ago, there was a young South African man called Adam Seif, who was 19, who took his own life. And... He took his own life while on a tour, a B'nai Kiva tour in Israel, I believe. And I would not for one second imagine that that Adam took his life because of the Jewish community. That's not what I'm saying in any way whatsoever. But there sh we should be supporting, you know, so we should yeah. be creating safe spaces because LGBTQ plus Jews, we have a certain experience when we go out into the world. And that isn't always an experience which is friendly or welcoming. And we have a responsibility because there's a hyphenated identity there. It's not just LGBTQ plus people. And of course, we should be a safe space for LGBTQ plus people. But we're talking about LGBTQ plus Jews. We're a part of this community. We're, we're an important part of the community. And if we're being kind of abandoned even inadvertently i'm not necessarily saying that all of this is out of badness i don't think it is even kind of just inadvertently abandoned we're being put at risk and a risk which is very significant and again more than just where do we feel comfortable practicing our jewishness and that is enough of a enough of a conversation and how can we work better to integrate lgbtq plus jews into jewish community like again could what would be really helpful is to have some practical things that people listening can okay I know what to say I know what to do I know or am I going barking down the wrong tree is it not about I just no, want I, it to I, be I, a really I, impactful episode that not just people are like yeah he's correct we do need to do more but actually doing yeah. it no I, I think you're right I think it's it's you know one I wanted to have this conversation with you to start a conversation but obviously conversations have to include action. So I'd say it's about ensuring that synagogues and Jewish community centers and federations and JCCs and all of all of the Jewish institutions are welcoming to LGBTQ people. Or rather, I would say not all of the institutions, because there are certain institutions that are not going to be welcoming. And I think it's also okay that we have to kind of recognize that and accept it. There's certain places that I would not want to go to as an lgbtq plus two and that's fine is i don't think it has to be that i i have the yeah. right to go to every single school every single space but what i do think that if you're a, a synagogue or if you're a community that kind of wants to address these issues then doing it openly you know during that conversation we had about grief and mourning we talked about say something right don't don't stand there awkwardly say something it's the same things 
actively engage in this conversation. It's not enough to put a pride flag up every June and, you know, to say, look, we're inclusive of LGBTQ plus people, making sure that there is a space for LGBTQ plus people, raising up LGBTQ plus leaders in our community. Because, you know, I've done events before and I've been told, you know, I've had I've had young people and, you know, I'm 35, so that could be 20s or teens. I've had people crying after hearing me speak and it's not because I'm saying anything so extraordinary it's because they're seeing an LGBTQ plus Jew stand up and declare themselves as a proud gay Jew without and a, de- leader. a leader and a leader and without diminishing either aspect of themselves so it's not that this has to you know this has to be the central focus of every single Jewish event or conversation but it should be a conversation and I think we have to ask ourselves have any of the Jewish media covered the fact that the main leaders in the kind of young-ish online space, the vast majority of us are LGBTQ+. Has anyone focused on that? Because that's quite extraordinary. And it's extraordinary because it's wonderful for our whole community, because look, look at look at the leadership, look at the space that we have obviously created, right, as a, glo- as a whole community that allows people like me to stand up and declare themselves proudly. But also what if a wonderful message to send young Jewish teens, LGBTQ plus or not, right, because we want to be empowering heterosexual or cisgender LGBTQ plus people to be allies. But what an amazing thing, and I find it, I really do find it quite extraordinary that none of the major Jewish media has written about this. It's weird. Well, yes. And how how would you feel about approaching, approaching media? Your, your, your issue is that you want them to realize it and approach. Yeah. I don't want, yes, because it's happening. I mean, that may seem a little bit childish to be like, I don't want to ask you ask me, but I do think that there's, when you want to be seen, you don't want to raise the conversation, right? If you don't want to ask for yes, an apology, not yes, that yes. For an apology, but that's kind of a similar thing. I want the media to see what is, ha- and it's not just the media. That was just one example. I want people to see what is happening in front of them. In front of them, it is happening. LGBTQ plus Jews have taken on a leadership role. And, you know, it's a slightly generational thing for sure. It's kind of an you know, the young-ish social media scene, but it's also offline. I do a lot of events offline, as I know others do as well. Um, And it's happening. So notice it and notice us. And it's not about thanks. No, no. It's about recognition and to say, look, this is remarkable. Because I I actually have to say, I don't necessarily think, and I can't say this with any certainty, but I don't think this is happening in other ethnic minorities or religious minorities that LGBTQ plus members of these communities have to have 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 taken and been given such incredible leadership roles. You know, I'm I'm described as the founder of the modern Jewish pride movement. It's quite extraordinary that that came directly from my gay experiences. You know, it's not even loose and tangential. This is like right close together. And I think all of us and us being LGBTQ plus Jews we just want to be seen and we want to be included. And it's the exact same, you know, when Jewish people have conversations about how the progressive world may not see us or recognise us or we don't feel seen, perhaps. We want to be seen. We want to feel counted. We want to feel as if we matter. And it's a similar thing. And I think that 
we have moved forward and that's amazing you know as i mentioned the chief rabbi's intervention was really groundbreaking and the fact that people like me are able to to have leadership positions is obviously indicative of progression but i think we actually have to have a real and purposeful conversation as opposed to just kind of allowing things to develop over time yeah. because as i said young lgbtq plus jews are at risk because LGBTQ plus people are at risk and our community should be rallying around and offering safe spaces. And this is not about halakha. The halakha says what the halakha says. I understand that. I'm not expecting it to change, but I do think that we can still um, show kindness, show empathy to one another, regardless of conflict and disagreement. It's okay that some people may not agree with my sexual orientation in the Jewish community. I kind of don't expect everyone to, right? That's fine. It's fine for me anyway. But I do still expect people to be respected and people to be seen and our community to be a place which is inclusive, which celebrates Jewish diversity because we are an incredibly diverse people. And we often talk about that. But again, we talk about it in reference to skin colour or we talk about to... Heritage. Heritage, tradition, Ashkenazi, Mizrahi, Sephardic, Bet Israel. But in those conversations, there is a major point missing. And it's not just this point. You know, I think we could also talk about misogyny in the Jewish world, right? That's another conversation which is incredibly important. But we're also missing a very important conversation on LGBTQ plus Jews. I am so excited to invite you to download the app, the number one app, I should say, for Jewish women that I founded and created. It's called Smashing Life. You'll find it on the App Store or Google Play right now. It is the place to be if you're a Jewish woman in 23. It's that simple. It's a place to ask for life advice from people who are a bit more removed from situations than maybe your immediate close group of friends. It's a place to ask questions, get immediate answers, Jewish recipes, inspiration, or just simply scrolling through the app, seeing what Jewish women around the world are all going through, similar and different experiences. In a time when anti-Semitism is being concealed less and less, it's so comforting to know that we have each other. It's a safe, private space where you belong. Most importantly, there's no labels, there's no judgment. It's just authentic connection, a place to express yourself freely, make new Jewish friends and have fun. So download Smashing Life. You'll find it on the App Store or on Google Play and come join us. I will see you in there. And can you give me some examples of when you've been made to feel that you have to diminish the LGBTQ plus aspect of your identity in a a Jewish space? So I have to say that I'm very, very lucky. I have, I don't think I've ever had to do that. But my Even when you were not so confident in your... Because we've all we've all been teenagers, no trends where we don't really know who we are, you know, or did you? (laughs) No, I I would say that when I knew and when I was comfortable talking about it, I was always respected. So I was very lucky. But what I will say is that is quite extraordinary. So I remember I worked, I'm from Glasgow, as people know. I worked for the Glasgow Jewish community and I worked for the UGIA for five years and I was kind of everyone knew me because it's a tiny community and I had been in the community since I was born and now I was working for it and I'd come out and 
I was kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say I was embraced with regards to my sexual orientation, but I wasn't shunned. I still felt as if I was respected, but I know that is unusual. I know that's not the case for many LGBTQ plus people and many LGBTQ plus people well, I'm not going to say many, but I know of some LGBTQ plus people certainly who have felt pushed away from their Jewishness because they're LGBTQ plus, because they don't feel as if they are seen or that it is something that is going to be recognised. And I've seen I've seen that happen in real time. I've seen friends of mine step away from their Jewish identities because they are LGBTQ plus as well. And then you have the more extreme examples, right, of mental health crises and things like self-harm and suicidal ideation that LGBTQ plus Jews also experience. Right? Those were my experiences. You know, my kind of negative experiences were often internalized. But just because I'm Jewish doesn't mean I didn't, you know, I still experience those things. And I think that's a tragedy that there are young people suffering in our community you know, whether it's about their Jewishness or not, that there are young Jewish people suffering, we need to be addressing this issue as leaders, as parents, as community organisations. And again, I'm not asking for it to become the central thing that people talk about for the rest of time, but I would just like us to be included and for people to be understanding the experience. Because we also have to remember and I'm doing a lot of talking, so you can just shut me up if no, you want. No, I want to listen to every word. I'm we also we also have to remember that there is a lot of anti-Jewishness in LGBTQ plus spaces. So I actually do not really feel any more comfortable in LGBTQ plus spaces. Um, and I know a lot Why? of... Because of anti-Jewishness, because I am a proud Jewish Zionist and I'm not willing to diminish myself. And that has become kind of unacceptable. So... I write about in the prologue of my second book that my first boyfriend was a Jew hater. Um, and that is something that I experienced. And it's something that I, I know many LGBTQ plus Jews have experienced. And in Britain, you know, we'll have specific experiences. And sometimes we just need to get together as, you know, LGBTQ plus Jews to have our own conversations because not everything needs to be known by all parts of the community. But what we have is a situation where you can have a strong, proud Jewish Zionist who doesn't necessarily feel comfortable any longer in LGBTQ plus spaces, but they don't also feel seen in Jewish mm. spaces. Yes. Like that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And I'm I'm wondering how we address the, you know, I wonder, would you use the word, because of halakha, people, even progressive Jewish spaces, may be worried to offend mm. others and they don't want to draw attention to their space. So they just say, stay sturm and just don't sure. talk about how inclusive they are. So how do we, I think our generation is working to move the needle. I mean, yes. you're, you, you know, we're all ears and we want to make change, but how, again, I'd love to hear sort of practical ideas, practical things that we can do. Let's say someone who is running a, a Jewish space, a Jewish community is listening to this and wants to be sure to be inclusive, make you feel seen or whoever else, what, what, what would you recommend? I would I would celebrate and I would I would focus on LGBTQ plus Jews. Again, not necessarily yes. every single time you meet, but at least once, right? Yes. So let's have a conversation. Maybe let's have a conversation about how LGBTQ plus Jews might be feeling after the Colorado gay club shooting. Yes. Because we experience both these things. And then also there's pride, right? That's the moment for us to celebrate 
celebrate our identities as you know I'm kind of want to talk about but it doesn't always it doesn't have to be negative it can be a celebration it can be a celebration celebrating Jewish LGBTQ plus leaders you know Anne Cronenberg Roberta Kaplan Harvey Milk Magnus Hirschfeld people who have really worked incredibly hard in the LGBTQ plus space who are also Jews. So there's many ways to do it in a practical sense, but it's just about having conversations, putting on events. And again, it doesn't need to be all the time, but making sure that it's happening. So what you're saying is you don't want it to, I mean, you know, there's some incredible, I, I've, I haven't sadly yet attended, but I've heard all about Bat Mitzvah. And it, oh yeah, Bat Mitzvah, I actually like, attended. It was like- It looks think, like the most incredible event ever. Yes. However, that is, at its core for gay Jews and what you're saying is you don't it's you know that's not enough it needs to be I mean because that's and that's also it's put on by LGBTQ plus Jews right I know the organizers and they're they're gay right so that is gay Jews doing something for gay Jews and of course straight Jews can come I'm sure more than welcome but it's about we see ourselves. That is actually an amazing example, but mitzvah of the marriage of identities yes. and pride and not and being able to enjoy such and joy. joy. Yeah. But we also want to be seen by the wider community. Yes, yeah. That's it, right? It's to say that LGBTQ plus. There used to be this phrase, right? We're here, we're queer. Get used to it. I don't know if people listening will know that. Do you know that phrase? No, but I've heard versions of it, but not that exact. So we're here, we're queer. It's like, we're here, we're queer Jews. Get used to it, right? We're here, we're part of the community. We want to be included. And it doesn't, listen, what I'm really talking about is also during conversations on on general inclusivity and diversity, because they do happen fairly often in the Jewish world. And in those conversations, I see LGBTQ plus Jews excluded, Mm. you know, if you're going to write an article about R.R. Schull's space for Jews with other, excuse me, other minoritized experiences or identities, and you're not mentioning LGBTQ plus Jews, that, that is a, a mistake, you know, and I don't think it's out of badness. Maybe for some people, I, don't, I really think for the most people, they're just not necessarily thinking. But I think that that has an effect on us. You know, I know that when those articles come out, and we're not included in those, we're not even referenced, that makes people like me, it certainly makes me, and I'm sure I know it makes other Jews feel this way, other LGBTQ plus Jews, as if we don't exist and we don't matter. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, but you're talking about the issue. You know, that's the thing, right? There's one thing for a community and organization to actively choose to be inclusive and to celebrate LGBTQ plus Jews, that's one thing. It's quite another to be already having a conversation about diversity and inclusivity and to exclude a community that is is experiencing enormous amount of of hate and also kind of can be experiencing internal turmoil you know that does that make sense what i'm saying yeah it like, does and as you're saying i'm wondering are there parts of the world other cities other other parts of corners of the world where people are doing where jews are doing a better job or you feel is more inclusive of Yes. Tel Aviv. I mean, like, come on. Yes. Isn't that something? And this is also the thing. Like, firstly, I (laughs) like, you know, Tel Aviv is probably the place I feel most comfortable in the world as a gay Jew, right? But I also want to say to to the Jewish community, it's not acceptable or really appropriate to be 
talking about LGBTQ plus pride in Tel Aviv or, or talking about Israel's really kind of extraordinary record on its LGBTQ plus citizens and LGBTQ plus citizens of other countries, other places, right? Without also standing up for LGBTQ plus Jews in your own community. We're not a tool. We're, yes. not, a, we're not a talking point. Pinkwashing is a ridiculous, awful attack on truth and nuance. So this is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about pinkwashing. But I do see people talk about, you know, Israel is the, the best place in the Middle East to be a gay person. That is true. But it's not really, it feels weird to be using that as a talking point and then not making steps in your own communities to make sure that LGBTQ plus Jews are respected and seen. Because this is something extraordinary that we celebrate about Israel. Israel is probably the joint best place in Asia, the other country being Taiwan, right? It is one of two countries in, in, in the biggest continent in the world that it's safe to be LGBTQ plus and that we are kind of recognized and it's not perfect. We know that in Israel and especially with the new administration, kind of everyone is waiting to see what happens. But right now, Israel is still one of the two best places in Asia to be a Jew. So sorry, think, obviously, to I be a, a gay person. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and a Jew. <laughs> yeah, and a Jew. <laughs> I think it's because... Obviously. <laughs> I think it's what you said earlier about these conversations are not hap happening. And in Tel Aviv, everything's happening conversations insults talking about stuff and I think one of our issues that I'm you know and I'm, I'm purposely doing a lot of listening here and not interjecting or anything because that's how I learn and that's how we we create great change to educate ourselves and I think part of the problem is not that it's taboo but it's like we don't know like you know should we just yeah. not even bring it up because if I single you out as gay then I'm looking at you as a gay person and I'm not looking at you as Ben and you should just be yeah. as Jewish as any other Jew and you know I think in Tel Aviv it's just people it all comes out people talk <laughs> and, and 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 change happens and they move the needle we've got you're a lot totally to learn right. yeah you're totally right but I think it's yes no you're totally right and it's not an easy conversation to have and it's not that we'll have one conversation and this will be done and we can move yeah. on to the next but it's about I think also you know having a bit of reflection I saw and I think this is correct and I and some people may not like that, that I'm about to use this as an example but I think it's a prudent example and I think that what happened in the situation is really really important Following George Floyd's murder, I saw conversations happening in the Jewish press online about how safe are kind of or how inclusive, let's say, are Jewish spaces to black Jews. And I think that's a really important conversation for us to be having. I've not seen those same conversations taking place after Orlando, although Orlando was a while ago, so I might have missed them. But let's say after the most recent one. Right. I didn't see I didn't see those happening. And that to me is a real shame because. Mm -hmm we should be making sure that our community is safe for all Jews. Yeah. And and if, if something is happening in the wider world, like this shooting in Colorado is happening, we should maybe be using that as an impetus to start a conversation in our own community and say, you know what, like, could we be doing better? And I totally understand the conflict that some people might ha some people may have, particularly more religious Jews, people who are more kind of more kind of closely connected to the halakha. And I kind of respect that in a sense. But what I will say is that a lot of the Jewish press, a lot of the Jewish media, a lot of the Jewish leaders are secular and are not having this conversation. Mm. So I think that that's almost two different things, right? Yeah. There's, there's almost two different two different conversations to be had about those 
conversations, if that makes sense. But yeah, I think after a shooting in Colorado where LGBTQ plus people are being actively targeted, that is a really good time. And, and you know, and maybe people are listening, maybe people who are listening are thinking, why didn't you do it? Because I didn't write anything after it. And you're right, I could have done, and that's something I'm now thinking about. Yeah. But it would be nice for allies to step up and to say, you know what, let's embrace our LGBTQ plus community as Jews and let's make sure that the spaces which can be safe and inclusive are. You know, it's about living in the reality of our situation. It's not going to be every space and that's fine, but there are spaces that could be. And I think this conversation alone is is going to have um, impact and momentum and a ripple effect because it needs to be said, and I'm I'm so pleased yeah. that we are having this conversation. It has opened my eyes. It will open Thank up you. the eyes of, of of everyone listening, and I hope they will use their voice and their actions to influence and make change. And you know, as I think Noah Tishby said about anti-Semitism, we're not going to stop anti-Semitism, but we can move the needle, and it's the same with this. We can yes. all move the needle. Our generation is, you know, moving moving needles, and 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 I, absolutely, we can. Now, um, one other thing that I want to just find out or have you explain is you're obviously the king of Jewish pride. <laughs> you have started this incredible Jewish pride revolution. I was hugely impacted by Ben's book Jewish Pride as as my community in Smashing Life it's just it really aligns with everything I'm trying to do with, with Jewish joy and it's about that is mm. that is the response to, to Jew hatred Jewish Pride um I recall you talking to me previously about how your experience in the gay pride movement influenced you to start the Jewish pride movement can you just yeah. share that we kind of have done this uh episode upside down because this is kind of sure. like the backdrop but I think I want I, I want to hear that from you absolutely so I began coming to my sexual orientation as a teenager you know when I first kind of hit puberty which I think is when most people do to be honest and I was deeply uncomfortable with it and that was not really anything to do with me being Jewish it was just I'm 35 I was born in 1987 during the AIDS epidemic and that was kind of the shadow that loomed over my coming out experience even though I was coming out kind of at the beginning of the noughties because for all of your young listeners yes I'm that old um <laughs> I know right but I, I I really suffered actually I struggled enormously with mental health issues I had suicidal ideation and you know I always debate whether I should talk about that but I you know like the conversation we had about Jewish mourning, I try to be raw. I try to be real. I'm not going to gloss over anything. I want to be kind of my most authentic self. So those were my experiences. And gay pride changed my life. It saved my life. I mean, I, I genuinely would not be sitting here having this conversation with you today right. yeah. if I had not kind of gone on a journey to gay pride. And what gay pride taught me, I had this very powerful realization upstairs in the bathroom in the upstairs of my parents old house and I would engage in like kind of these mental health crises often in a kind of a numb way I was not really like I was they were not emotional let's say I was just kind of numb um in a sense but I I began crying because I thought this is so unfair like why am I feeling like this I've done nothing wrong mm -hmm. I'm just a kid who fell in love like a boy who fell in love with another boy that's it that's that's 
That was my crime, right? I felt like I was being punished for a crime I hadn't committed. And that realization was the beginning of a very long journey to LGBTQ plus pride. Because I want also people to understand, you know, they see me now as a fully formed adult. There was a time and, and a proud gay Jew who stands up in front of thousands of people and, and talks about his, his LGBTQ plus identity. There was a time I couldn't even say that I was gay. I would say that I was same sex oriented. Like I, I was really. I can't deep, imagine that about you, Ben. Deeply, <laughs> I had deep shape, and I went on this journey to LGBTQ plus pride, and that's kind of the way I am today. I started engaging with LGBTQ plus history, understanding the Jewish LGBTQ plus leaders. You know, began watching Drag Race, all of these things that kind of helped me find exactly as you do with Jewishness my LGBTQ plus joy, and then. During the Corbyn Labour Jew hate crisis, which I was kind of very heavily involved in, I saw two different things. One is I saw the Jewish community be beacons of Jewish pride, and that was amazing. And we stood up as one voice and we fought. There were other Jews who were suffering from what I call the hangover of the keep your head down policy. They couldn't really bring themselves to call Corbyn what he was, which is a racist. They couldn't really enter the fight because they they were uncomfortable with aspects of their Jewishness. They'd kept their heads down. They weren't willing to stand up for it. And that made me realize that the Jewish community needs and deserves a pride movement. And that was kind of the beginning of my work. And I'm really, again, I kind of hate saying this. I've said before, I'm so proud. I need a new word. Um, yeah. I'm thrilled, let's say. I'm really <laughs> thrilled that Jewish pride is a revolution. It is, and it's taking place all over the Jewish world. And so many people have joined this, this revolution and are doing incredible work like you. And it's so amazing. And that the work, you know, the kind of the founding tweets and the founding book were born directly from my LGBTQ plus experience. So I want to say that LGBTQ plus people, LGBTQ plus Jews deserve to be seen and not just because of what we contribute to the wider community, right? We are contributing an enormous amount and there's many yeah. incredibly bright and brave LGBTQ plus people, LGBTQ plus Jews who are fighting Jew hatred loudly and proudly. But we also just deserve to be counted because we belong to this community. We're part of it. And it's okay that people don't understand our experiences, right? Especially if they don't belong to our community. It's like we say to the non-Jewish world, it's okay. It's okay to be ignorant. Ignorant just means not knowing. But it is important if we're in leadership positions to be kind of starting to think a little bit deeper and to be listening to conversations like this. So thank you, Karen, so much for having me on, because this doesn't happen very often, I have to say. Um, and it's exactly as you said, again, moving the needle forward. We're not we're not expecting to end homophobia and homophobia in the Jewish community, but we're wanting to make our community a slightly better space for LGBTQ plus Jews as it perhaps it may have been. And who are the Jews that you've mentioned um, several times that you feel feel are prominent in making change in the, in the sort of social media space? I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's Eve Barlow, there's Blake Flayton, obviously there's Chen Mazig, there are... Jake Cohen. Jake Cohen, there's um, Neurotic Jewish Gay on an Instagram account, on um, Instagram, obviously an Instagram account. <laughs> I just, I'm obsessed with, she's absolutely hilarious. Um, and smart, brilliant, brave people who are really sacrificing an enormous amount to take part in this fight and who have, who, and who have suffered, suffered losses. Because again, 
we're not necessarily all welcome in kind of non-Jewish LGBTQ plus spaces because of our, our advocacy. I mean, Eve Barlow is, is a kind of very prominent example of that, someone who was cancelled because of their Zionism and their public advocacy. Um, so I would say follow all of those people. Yes, and, we'll, link, we'll link to everybody. And support our work. And most importantly, it's not about us. Have a conversation. Have conversations about are our Jewish centers or Jewish buildings or Jewish communities, are they as welcoming and as safe as they could be for LGBTQ plus Jews? And if the answer is no, then it's okay. It's not like, fine, we'll move the conversation forward. It's not about feeling shame. It's not about feeling guilty. It's about saying, okay, this is a, a new thing or a, another thing we have to move forward on and tackle. That's it. This has been amazing. We'll link to all those people that you've mentioned. And how do we go about finding more about Ben M. Freeman or chatting with Ben M. Freeman or reading Ben M. Freeman's books? Where's the best place to, to find you? So I have a website, www.benmfreeman.com. I'm also very happy that my Twitter and Instagram handles are both at Ben M. Freeman and my books are Jewish Pride Rebuilding a People um, that you referenced Karen and then the sequel came out just in October and it's Reclaiming Our Story, The Pursuit of Jewish Pride and that one again is a study on internalised anti-Jewishness which was born out of my experiences with internalised homophobia. So please follow me, support my work and of course do for the other people I reference but more importantly and this is the most important part. Have the conversation. This is about something bigger than, than us as individuals. It's about making sure that our community is the best version of itself that it can be. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. If this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Your Jewish Life. I'd love to be Instagram friends. I'd also be thrilled if you wanted to share this episode with anyone you know who might benefit from it and subscribe so you don't miss an episode as well. If you want to do another mitzvah, if you leave a review, that would be amazing because that way more people get to know about the podcast. We can spread our wonderful Jewish joy all over. So that would be fabulous if you wanted to leave me a review. Just before I go, I've got a little gift for you. I'm going to put a big Jewish joy smile on your face and it is my personal ultimate Jewish joy Spotify playlist. It's 50 uplifting Jewish joy songs that are perfect for dancing around the living room or blasting out in the car, just immersing yourself in Jewish joy. It's the best Jewish music and Israeli music covering all kinds of genres and styles and it is so uplifting and so fun. It's guaranteed joy whether you're Jewish Jewish or becoming Jewish I think you're gonna love it so just head to yourjewishlife.co slash playlist to grab it that's yourjewishlife.co slash playlist you can grab the Spotify playlist and you can be dancing around your living room in a matter of minutes so off you go I will see you back here for the next episode <laughs>